Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, Jackie Cation here You're about to listen to The Dork Forest You know the websites Dorkforest.com Thedorkforest.com JackieCation.com has the links to everything Merch, the new album, my other podcast, videos of me doing stand-up. Dorkforest.com has all the notes and the video that you can watch of this show. Traditionally, I tell you to donate to the Dork Forest, but it is November and December. I ask that you donate to a local food bank because you should. It's, I don't know, you should do it all year, but what the heck. If you are donating to the Dork Forest using the PayPal link that gives every month, you can turn it off and turn it back on. You can do a matching to your food bank and donate to me as well. But all the money that I get uh, from the donations from November and December, I'll give to my local food bank. And so I will get all of that sweet, sweet karma. Other than that, you can buy merch. You can, for Christmas, there's new, there's new t-shirts and stuff. But whatever it is, the Dork Forest, super fun, always available. I'm sure there's things I'm forgetting to say, probably band camp, but let's get into the show. Hey, Jackie Cation, I'm in my garage. We have to talk very quickly because o- Ophira <laughs> Eisenberg has 54 minutes. And I don't know if anybody listens to my other podcast, but let me tell you something. Uh, I love one hour. So six minutes shy is not going to kill me, is what I'm saying. Uh, and But I love it. Welcome to the program, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello, Jackie Cation. So I know. nice to hear see you. Here and see yeah, you. Yeah, here's Siri, here and see me. And I have a new album out. People should probably know right now it's only on Pandora. But by the time this comes out, actually, I think worldwide today. <gasps> worldwide. Yes, congrats. Very exciting. Congrats. And then um, Staycation is what it's called. And uh, everyone should buy it and watch it for free on YouTube with ads. That then <laughs> I guess I get some sort of revenue. That's right. And then, but nobody's donating because it's November and December in, in the Dork Forest. I don't ask you to donate because uh, uh, yeah, too yeah. much. Find, find a fucking food bank. Find a fucking food bank. That's yep. three Fs. Um, let's get into your dork or Ophira. O p h i r a e is uh, your handle on all the things. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, there is a woman you're... named Ophira Edat who beat me to add Ophira, but oh god, you know. We we know we've mm-hmm. we've had words, but we've worked it out. <laughs> and your last name is Eisenberg, so it's fine. Ophira E makes sense. Thanks. And, and is there an OphiraEisenberg.com? There sure is. That I uh, right. have recently been interested in updating again. It was weird <laughs> having a website for 18 months that you're like, i what am I gonna put on this? <laughs> I'm interested in making this something that you people could use. Uh, but Ophira Eisenberg, one of my favorite comics, by the way, uh, ladies and germs. So uh, people should uh, go find you. your uh, stand-up comedy for it as a delight. And I've, I have a new the- album almost done. Oh, really? Yes. When uh, uh, Who's that coming out with? That's coming out with 800-pound Gorilla Records. As well. As, as well. well. So just start haunting them. <laughs> Exactly. Buy everything they put out. Because clearly they have impeccable taste. Impeccable. Kill Martin's album came out two weeks ago. My album's coming out on the 16th of November. Yours is coming out hopefully very soon. Very soon. Yep. We just finished. I okayed the artwork. Okay. Okay. 
Like, okay. you know, which you is said. very funny, as you know, artwork is a hilarious thing right now, because unless you are printing albums, pressing albums and printing albums, like you're not going to, no one's making a CD right now. That's almost a joke. Uh, albums, I have a box of them in my Yeah. House. Oh my God. Absolutely. So, and, so, but yeah, so you're just like, it can, the art could be anything. How about my name? Yeah, the art has and, to be like very like something that would fit, look good in a one inch by one inch square <laughs> on a digital screen. I like the the apocalyptic scene behind you in your Vancouver um, <laughs> hotel. Your yeah, hotel room. I'm in Vancouver and hotel art. As I've always appreciated your takes on those when you're on the road. <laughs> Uh, is always something. A matter of fact, it is. And the, the art actually is a, such a reflection on the place you stay because some t- I stay in a few places where the only art has been the emergency procedure on the door. Oh, it does. <laughs> it does. It feels artistic at that level. If that's all there is, yeah, well, you know, have you have you seen a lot where they're paint? They're doing an accent wall, and they're calling yes. that art. Oh. Yes. So I also this is a very kind of what I'm just going to call like generic hotel but this piece of abstract art although it is just abstract if you look close but from the zoom reflection angle it does look like a depiction of what happened in vancouver much of the west coast during 2020 which is it was on fire it looks like the charred (laughs) remains of a redwood in the foreground of smoke rising (laughs) We, we have a different Rorschach test. My Rorschach test tells me that that looks like a kind of a, a Terminator kind of guy, Ooh. or a fi- or a firefighter. And uh, oh, I, and putting that? it out, and it's yeah. putting out the fire. Glass half full, Cation. Look at you. Hello. Look at you. Ha-ha. But I love you know you've probably stayed. I, I you I know you're out there again. So you're staying in hotel rooms again. Yes, I am. Uh, but I. Every once in a while when I travel, someone puts me in, in like a boutique hotel and those ones I hate. I hate it when there's no bath, but there is a guitar. I hate, or... I hate a boutique hotel. <laughs> we are of one. We are one. I mean, it's, it's like... not that they aren't amazing. They are genuinely the layout. There's the, You're like living inside the Louvre, but I don't care. Oh. I want it to look the same. I am the accidental tourist, sadly. And it's always and like, they're like, we're like counterculture. You're like, no, you're like counter comfort. Like there's, it's always <laughs> just a parachute for a shower curtain. <laughs> and I, I, this is honest to God, I stayed in one where the art was a yeah. old tax return stapled <gasps> to a wall. <laughs> Okay, I don't know that you were staying in a boutique hotel. I feel like you were in a Super 8 outside. Was there also the artistic bullet hole in the window? Because that's what that feels like. Uh, It was a, uh, yeah, it was an H&R block that had a room upstairs. (laughs) I stayed in Austin, Texas. I stayed in a Super 8 once that had a bullet hole in the window. And I I went back to the check-in and I was like, any other room? <laughs> any other any other room that doesn't have a hole in the window because uh, yeah no yeah. you can't do that I stayed at a place I can't remember where it was mm, but they were redoing they had me on the first floor and they were redoing it the exterior so my room had a sliding glass door that in a different world would be onto some little patio but they had covered the outside with uh, plastic as if sure. you know, as if you were painting. So it looked like my room had been sealed for a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't. 
I can't. I don't mean to be a jackass about this, but someone is paying at least one hundred and twenty dollars a night for something. It was, that's so. like a that would be a cool thing for a murderer to do to like just set it up. Hey, I'm just. I know I'm going to murder you, but a day before, I like to go and get the room ready for the crime. It feels like it feels like a monk episode. Remember? <laughs> yes, of course. It's of like course I, uh, I think the monk episode uh, was it. He was in Hawaii, and there was a a team of of uh women who murdered somebody but they were amazing they were the women who cleaned the the uh the rooms and oh, so yeah. they were they were uh this crack team that he was so proud of and then he realized oh you're also really good at hiding <laughs> murder <laughs> yeah you were extremely skilled in making things look like right. they're clean DNA rather than gone actually being clean yes uh, anyway so we're talking I, i'm excited about it we we have six less minutes so let's do this <laughs> okay. i need to talk about your dorkdom which you think you were like i think it i you would call them guilty pleasures no such thing here I in know. the dork forest thank you and so what kind and and it's books so it's i books. always have this opinion if you're reading anything even if it's, it's amazing old, yeah it's uh lori kilmartin's son hated to read i was like but he likes anime so i was like what about manga because he's also Absolutely. a drawing kid and now he reads a lot of manga so, and, you know, this is true. Yeah. Many, many years ago now, seven, it's not that long. Uh, <laughs> but when I went to, I published a memoir and I remember when the, we were just talking about marketing and I was like, well, I want it to be like this. And it was very much impressed upon me that do not worry, men do not buy books. What? Yeah. And I know that's like a gross stereotype, but it is. It's a sweeping statement. And we, of yeah. course, know men who do buy books. Yeah. But um, my brother, Phil, uh, is an avid, avid consumer of, of literature, but all audible. Ah, see? Interesting. Yep. Interesting. So, so yeah. And so I. So men don't particularly buy, uh, they, they don't browse bookstores and just buy. Yeah, and my husband, I mean, there's books all over our house, but for him, it, none of the words are um, not in a bubble. <laughs> uh, Andy has a pull list and has a lot of comic books, and, and I read the comic books as well, because yeah. they are great. Yeah. But um, And then he got, he, he has books. He has, you know how everybody has that stack of books that they should be reading? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, and yeah. And there's the stack of books that you're rereading, and then there's the stack of books <laughs> that you're willing to now read. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And it's not the books that you should be reading, sadly. No, this, uh, so that's occasionally. Where, that, that's, anyway. That's the perfect setup for what I'm talking about. Let's what hear I'm it. Reading. What, okay. what are you reading right so now? So this is the thing. Okay, I'm reading. What do you like? Uh, this is what I like. I like escapism. I love escapism. And, uh, you know, bef I, I grew up in a world where they we hadn't we hadn't figured out the word triggered trigger yet in the sense that we use it now. Canada. Is that what it, that word? No, is I, that feel the, like, okay. I feel like I feel like like the idea of oh. being triggered as being introduced into like the everyday lexicon. That's like that's okay. got to be a, a that's decade. New. Yeah. Yeah, that's new. Yeah. So that's that's the word I needed. And <laughs> because right. I like escapism because I honestly want to escape reality. Okay. Like, yeah, you, I, I can't, I honestly, I understand how all these women love true crime. I can't handle it. It makes me feel deeply sick inside my stomach. 
Well, I will say this. People's definition of escapism, and I've only realized it relatively in the last probably six times I've done a dork forest about horror movies and books and stuff, is that people who have anxiety and love horror, it actually for some reason bleeds it off. And I don't understand Mm -hmm. how that happens because for me, turns out super scary. Can't sleep. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't want any part of true crime because it's too, too, I need it to not be real. I need to not be real. Yeah, I love, yeah. I, I love, honestly, so it makes me a very pedestrian television watcher, media consumer, and reader. But the thing is, is if you think pedestrian, we could, if we wanted to be so judgmental, as to say, everybody loves true crime. Everybody loves horror. True. You, you guys are the real peds. Uh, <laughs> over here, I'm reading, I'm reading uh, uh, space opera and uh, romance novels and westerns and mysteries that all... By the way, end well. Yeah, that's what Bad I like. Guys. I love a happy Thank ending. You. Right. I don't want uh, I don't want parents dying. I don't want cancer. I don't <laughs> want pets dying. Like, you know why? Because uh, I've experienced right. all that stuff. Like I, I yeah. and, and then I have a kid, so I can't have kids getting hurt. Like I need things. I I, I don't want unresolved yeah, yeah. endings. I you know, I want uh, I want things to tie up. And I love mystery. I love okay. detective. I love ever- adventure. Did you ever see Homeward Bound with the dogs? No. The dogs coming over. Homeward Bound uh, is about Michael J. Fox as a dog and other dogs. <laughs> uh, with, there's two dogs and a cat, and they all have voices. And uh, at the, I was watching it with my four-year-old niece when it first came out on VHS a thousand mm. years ago. And I was literally crying because I thought that we had lost Spoiler alert, Homeward Bound. Uh, this is a children's movie. I thought we had lost the the, uh, the Irish setter. And because uh, he was old. And um, oh, no. And um, I'm choking up a little bit here. Of course. But, <laughs> but all of a sudden he co- and so I am literally silent tears streaming down my face. And my four year old niece comes over and puts her hand on me. She said, he's OK. He's coming. And I was like, oh, my God. And then he came over the hill. And I laughed and cried and we hugged each other. Yes. And it was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what you're going through right now emotionally is me all the time. So I really relate to this. <laughs> yes. I feel like uh, my tears for uh, – my tears and emotions are like so – a thin layer of humanity is uh, on the front of it. <laughs> so when it comes to entertainment, I like things – that aren't like reality. So, and I like mysteries, but the, so I was really into Lawrence Block. If you know Lawrence Block, uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, so with his, a W or Lawrence yeah. yeah, Lawrence Block, B L O C K. Yeah. So, I mean, wrote, started writing in the seventies as far as I know. And, oh. you know, the, I think his first stuff was the, the protagonist was Matthew Scudder and he was an al- alcoholic ex-cop working as an unlicensed private investigator in <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, New York. I mean, so many things well, just ticked off just, all the boxes. Just so many so things. Did. So it so did. Oh my god, that's hilarious. So then, and, yeah. So then he wrote another series that I got really into. That's funny. It's light, uh, and it's the misadventures of a gentleman burglar named Bernie Rodenbar. And it's it's very <laughs> witty. It's pretty sophisticated okay. and witty. Uh, yeah. And it's still from like like late seventies and on. Uh, and I I like it. This is like he's an accidental detective as well. It's set set in New York. He owns a bookstore. I feel like you, I too, 
Do you feel like you would like to be an accidental detective? Oh my God, it's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes I think I am. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm at a public setting and I'm able to get close enough to someone to see their phone and re- read their first <laughs> and last name and something about them, I'm like, I mm-hmm. could, mm-hmm. isn't it crazy that I just got all that information? Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm more, Wait. that's like me, me on, uh, me being high is just being like, I'm more observant than anyone. <laughs> Harriet the Spy, when I was a kid, oh. uh, I lost my mind. Anyway, is his name Reed Ferguson? Is that the name of the character? Reed Ferguson, the boxer, private. At, uh, no, oh. Ber- Bernie Rodenbar is the burglar, but is Reed Ferguson the name of the private investigator mystery? No, maybe. No, that's it's a different. Uh, I, I literally, I just googled. Oh yes, yeah. uh, so the ones, the one for the, um, the one for Matthew uh, Scudder. Matthew Scudder. I forget all the names. Were, the sins of the fathers. I think was the I, the first one, and then Burden Runbar. They're all they're all like the burglar who blasts. So it's like the burglars right, can't right. be choosers. The burglar is, who right. A is for alibi. B is exactly. for burglar. C is for cat in a hat. Yeah. And I like, too, that even though it was written, I mean, and I say this because things that were written, you know, late 70s, early 80s, they can have a specific tone that doesn't feel current, potentially. But I feel like Lawrence Block is pretty current. And I also love that his partner in crime and his soulmate is a woman who's super smart and she's a lesbian. So there's no tension there. But right, they, so there's no sexy times. There's uh, no sexy, with each but other. She, right, she's constantly... Doing her own Is thing. Is he getting laid? Does he get laid? Uh, he there really, the really um, occasionally, and it's it's really given a light touch. Yeah, yeah. Which is I enjoy that myself. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's a dick joke. Okay. So, so uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now I don't know how you are with sleep, but I I feel like I do something called intermittent it. sleeping. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, you have you, a child. Yeah, but it's also, it doesn't have anything to do with my kid anymore. It has to do with my brain. So uh, I can fall asleep in two seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me too. Do you but stay I, asleep? No. That's the problem. Oh. That's the problem. That's There's the, problem. the trouble. Have you ever read a 70s series that was made into a TV series called Spencer for Hire? Oh my goodness, I sort of missed it, but I feel like I would like this. You would like it, especially if you start at the beginning because they're all they're literally they're remember back in the late 60s and early 70s, all of those mystery novels were all 180 to 220 pages. Exactly, yes. So, you're done. All of a sudden you're like, "Oh, well, that's all that." And he it's uh, everything I know about Boston, Massachusetts is because of Spencer <laughs> Fire. Uh, so everything I know about Boston, Massachusetts, no longer current. Right. So, uh, right. <laughs> and, uh, but he has, there's probably 12, I think, I think somebody is still writing them, but I would say the first 14 or 15 are very good. And, um, and he has, and it is, it's so funny because he's on the right side of history. Yeah. But they're written in, in a very, in a, in a world that we all know about where we're all dipped in white supremacy. So there's a tiny bit of a parade for yep. what a great guy he is, right? Right. Uh, and uh, the guy who wrote him, spacing his name, uh, he, because uh, the the character that the uh, the the guy who wrote it was an English professor at like Boston University or something. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's funny you say it because my brain went to, you know, and this was 10 years ago, I read all of them, was Kinky Friedman. Kinky Friedman oh, yeah, yeah. wrote I a read huge, those about 10 years ago too. Read them all. Love them. Totally got into them. It was really right. my style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, and Kinky Friedman, I think, is like on the right side of history. But yeah. I think if I were to reread those books right now, I might be like, huh. Okay. They don't hold up entirely. They, they, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's, there's, there's, uh, I read, I was in Australia in probably 2005 or 2004 and I needed a book and I, there was a biker dude at an airport bookstore who was buying a mystery novel. And <laughs> like, I was what like, is he having? I'll yes. have what he's having. <laughs> and it was, and I, I have, Remembered and forgotten the name of this book and author and series more times than I can tell you. But um, it is uh, essentially, he is a bouncer in Sydney, and he is not a good guy. So it's kind of like it's a little rapey. He beats people up. He helps people eventually. He is not. He's essentially, it could be a slice of life of my cousin. I was just like, no. Not necessarily. <laughs> and so I only read one one of those, but I have a hard time once I, I find a new author of not at least giving them four or five shots. Books. Yeah. 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 I don't so know the, why. The thing I like about the made me think of it, the thing I like about the Rodenborough Rodenbar series, uh, where he's a burglar, is that I also love that kind of playing with, you know, what is uh what is the good guy and what is the bad guy? And he's totally a good guy, but he knows he also has stolen things for his own right. use. But he's a prostitute with a heart of gold. That exactly. I don't mind that guy. Yeah. I will read that how, uh, over and over and over again. Please tell me that. Is there a blonde one? Is there a brunette one? Is that guy is he, <laughs> is he Mexican? Is he, you know, I would like right. a guy from India. I don't care. Uh, oh, so absolutely. Okay. There, so, yeah, I was I was reading those. I was reading those. I love them. They were really satisfying. Often I would look forward to, you know, oh, it's time to go to bed soon. I get to, like I couldn't wait. Uh, but I also because I was saying that I fall asleep very quick. I it's I need the 180 pages or whatever because I'm going through things like four pages at a time sometimes. Right. The short, you need a short one. And I, so you're and like, I, let something I, happen before yeah, I fall asleep. Exactly. And yeah. just a through line that I don't have to think too hard about, about like, oh, what deep, intense, yet subtle thing happened that I need to remember. It's always, it's pretty straight ahead. <laughs> but then I got to tell you that I had like a pretty intense anxiety attack over the course of the pandemic quarantine. And it was related to the fact that every, as a cancer survivor, I had breast cancer and as a cancer survivor, um, Based on the decisions I made for my treatment, I have to still go in every year for a mammogram and testing. And it sends me out like just I can't handle it. It always just sends me to the worst place. And then it was on top of that COVID and I didn't want to go anywhere that was a healthcare facility, especially with people that were at risk to begin with. Right, right, right. You didn't want to give it. You didn't want to get it. And your head spins and goes worst case scenario anyway. So yeah, boo! I hate it. And so uh, I do whatever I can to make it 
uh, I wouldn't, I'm not going to use the word okay because it's, it's just Palatable? like. Palatable? Palatable? Just so I can literally walk in there. I do whatever I can to like make yeah. it that my feet walk me in there. And so I brought my Kindle with me and I was like, oh, it's okay because I'll read my mystery novel because the waiting rooms just take forever and ever and ever. And while, you know, you go in for one part of the testing and then they send you, it's a labyrinth of waiting rooms. It's like a maze and you go to different looking waiting rooms. You go to different layers of waiting rooms kind of thing? Yes, a honeycomb of waiting rooms. Boo. And it takes a while. And yeah. I've done it so often, knock on wood, which means that things have been generally positive. I've done it so often that I've memorized and and also observed all the different ways that the honeycomb works. I'm like, okay, that person means this. And if they have a clipboard that looks like this, it means that. And so I'm also obsessed with the workings of it. You are a detective, it. yes. But for, but for my own emotional evil. Right, right. You're beating yourself up with it because you're just like, <laughs> yes. oh, well, this means it's not going to happen because they yeah. have the wrong clipboard. That's or right. Whatever. Exactly. Okay. So uh, I was like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just going to focus on this reading. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't even focus on a dumb, not Uh-oh. dumb. I couldn't even it focus was taken, on it. It was somehow it got taken away. Yeah. So I went the next level. I've been there. That's blue. So what happened? So then I discovered, I quickly went on a search and I was like, funny mystery, female lead. Because the one thing that is missing from the things that I just mentioned is always been missing my whole life, which is Ladies. like, why can't, the, why can't the woman? I mean, my favorite movie, and I know this dates me and I don't care, and I still watch it seven to eight times a year, is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Do I oh, want to awesome. be Marion? Yes, I do. But only the first oh. half. Oh, <laughs> uh, why is that? Because that whole ending where she's just screaming, Indy, Indy, help me, Indy, doesn't oh, match right, right. with who she was at the beginning. Right, right. Oh, it's a classic. It's a classic uh, boy director bullshit. It's, it's, <laughs> and Spielberg did it to his own girlfriend in Temple of Doom, right. uh, where she wouldn't <laughs> stop screaming. And you're just like, you can't like her. Nobody liked her in that movie because she was screaming. That's not why you go out with her. You don't go out with her because she screams like that. So why don't you put the thing that you like about her in the fucking movie? I know. Anyway, how, so how yeah. can you have this character who like wins a shot contest uh, in Tibet, yep. punches out her old love, was seconding mm-hmm. walks into her bar? You know, I'm your goddamn partner, <sighs> and then like devises a a way to like try to drink a uh, you know French defector to the Nazi party uh, and yep. escape with a knife, and then just indie indie help me indie for the last yeah yeah. Unfair. No. So unfair. You're but right. Of course, who do you really hard so, agree? Hard agree. <laughs> so who do I want to be in that movie? Indiana Jones. But I chose Marion because that's all I had. Right. Uh, that's all you have. That's all. That's I wanted. Uh, I want to be Han Solo. Speaking of uh, exactly. Harrison Ford. Yeah. I don't. I didn't even want to be Princess Leia because no. she. No. She sat. In the, she was doing tactics. <laughs> I was like, there's no fun in tactics. I want to fly an, an X-wing. I want to fly the Millennium Falcon. Get off my ass. That's right. And, uh, yeah. 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 Get this long robe so, off of me and let's get going. I have so, women character uh, books for you, but go. Oh, please. Light, so then, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Send them over. So I attached on to this series, which is the most bubblegummy, but it's fun. What is it? And it's, is it? it's now this is the kind of book that you find right under the Daniel Steele in yeah. the bookstore. And I tried to read Daniel Steele. Don't even don't even 
Don't, okay. don't diss a Danielle. Go. Okay, so <laughs> it's Janet Ivanovich is the oh. author, and it's the Stephanie yeah, yeah. Plum series. Yeah. It's, I have tried. Should I try again? Well, so here's the thing. Kind of. I think the first one is so enjoyable. So the premise, of course, is that it's a female lead. Uh, this Stephanie has lost her job. Uh, she's single. Her, her, like she was, uh, her marriage fell apart. She's about to lose her apartment. She lost her job working in a lingerie factory or store. <laughs> and so okay. her backup plan is that she gets a job from her sleazy cousin as a, uh, a, like some, as a bounty hunter for his bail bonds company. So she began oh. set set in Trenton, Never. New Jersey. Oh God! All right, yeah. yeah. So and then there's like there's a former ex boyfriend who's a cop, and then there's like a more uh, kind of vigilante bounty hunter, and these both these guys are in love with her. So there's it's also like a bit of a bodice ripper. Yeah, yeah mixed yeah. So, in to right. a sort so, of action yeah, sometimes, yeah. bounty hunter. Sometimes I like my my romance novels to be all romance and no action, and my action to be all action and occasion. Like I read the Lee Child, yeah. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, military police one, Jack Reacher. Yeah, uh, because yeah, totally. my mother, yeah, my mother in law gave me those, and I read. I probably read a dozen of them. He usually gets laid around page four forty five. It's pretty quick, <laughs> and and then he keeps moving, and then bad guys get served and murdered. By the way, Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher oh, is yeah. not interested in due process. He is uh, more more interested in oh you're a pedophile. Allow me to murder you. Right, and you're like okay, all right, and. Uh, but it reminds I will, me, I haven't seen the last movie. Something I should uh, revisit. I think there's a series too that's actually supposed to be better. But um, yeah, but I will say this. So I have. I'm looking at. There's okay. So there's different things. Yeah. So there's old. There's Georgette Heyer wrote probably a dozen mystery novels in the 1920s with women. With uh, and and they're they're like. Do you ever see Room with a View? Yes, it's still my so, goal. Uh, totally. It's room with a view, but with a mystery. And there's probably 10 of them, and four of them are good. Yeah. Uh, so you might as well give it a shot. But they were all written in like the 20s, the 40s, the 60s. Uh, so Georgette Heyer is really good. Uh, the, the spy novels written by Helen McGinnis. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. M-C-I-N-N-E-S. She was living through... The Blitzkrieg, writing about British spies in the late 30s. So it's 1941, the first one's published. And so it has this sort of, it might be a little too heavy, because it has this heaviness. Yeah. She's living through the bombings. Yes. <laughs> and I she's mean, writing about Nazis two years ago. And so. It's wild. Yeah. So a couple of them are good. I had to stop. She wrote some uh, romance novels that were terrible. I do not recommend the Helen McGinnis uh, romance novels. But here, here's what you're looking for. Uh, let, let, let me, uh, 1928, written in the 80s and 90s. There's 21 of them. Oh, yeah. Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Oh, I started watching those. Uh, it is. There, the books are better and the okay. TV show is adorable. So there's three seasons of the TV show. The the books, she, it turns out, 
is if she, if she were, and I've said this before, if she were a Dungeons and Dragons character, she would be maxed out. She has charisma. She has agility. She has intelligence. She has wisdom. She uh, is rich. She's good looking. She can ride a horse. She can fly a plane. She's on the right side of history. Her name is Friday Fisher. And Friday Fisher, uh, I have probably six of her books. I've read 14 of them because I couldn't get them from Australia. So I put them on Kindle. And uh, they are awesome. And they also have kind of a glimpse, like the last two I read, uh, talked about the history of Chinese immigration into Australia in the early teens, in the late 18, well, from the gold rush, because they had a gold rush in 1849 as well, 1850. Yeah. For some reason, the earth decided to show us all their gold in 1849 (laughs) uh, in California and in Australia. And everybody was like, let's go get some of that. And so, <laughs> exactly. Now we move. Now yep. we, <laughs> yeah, rotating. I mean, speaking yeah. of which, uh, you know, that just reminds me that, you know, there's this huge problem in Australia. I think Australia most pronounced just because of the size of it. Uh, we should all become truck drivers in Australia or really anywhere in the world right now because there's all these natural resources and uh, yeah. gas and oil and gold that is um, – has no, I can't get around. It can't get anywhere because uh, it's too big. But I, it's so interesting. I knew a guy, and this I digress. There's no time to digress, but here we go. Uh, I know a guy who, 55, 60 years old, he said, you know what? I'm sick of living in L.A. He was a, he was a writer. He was a TV writer. He's like, I want to be an over-the-road dr- truck driver. And he's been doing it. He got divorced. He had a bad, you know, he had a bad, you know, change of life kind of dude thing. And now... He has back problems. I was like, let me tell you something about an over-the-road truck driver. That's a young person's gig. Yeah. To sit yeah, for yeah. 12 hours a day. No, it can't uh, be good for you. That's not good for Yeah, you. that's not ideal. I don't know how you fix that, but it isn't, yeah, it isn't great. Yeah. But um, the other book, and this is a more historical fiction, and is the Flashman series. I don't know if you have ever read the Flashman series written in the 50s. And he is, Harry Flashman is a terrible person and he always wins. He has given slightly his comeuppance. Like Andy Ashcraft gave me the first Flashman book when we were dating. Yeah. He was like, this is an amazing, it's the history of the British. The first book is uh, the uh, the British invasion of Afghanistan. Guess how that went? Anyway, so uh, much like it went every time anyone (laughs) tried to invade Afghanistan. Yeah, you know, so the, one of the th- reasons I think I attached on to the Stephanie Blum series, which again uh, is super entertaining, but it is wildly unrealistic. And sure. when you are in a state of trauma, awesome. As I'm, when I feel a little bit better, I'm like, what the, come on now. Really? She only eats donuts and cake? Right. And yeah, you know, she's super hot, super hot. Super hot. <laughs> it's uh, actually, it's kind of funny how they never quite, they just, she just, Describes sometimes what kind of shirt she's put on, but she never describes her body, which I, you know, sometimes you read these things and it's, it's like, uh, you know, she could tell the way he gazed at her was that, you know, was like no woman. It's not, none of that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it written by Janet Ivanovich, right? So it's yeah. written by a woman. It's written by a and... woman. As it turns out, her son also writes and I think oh. has contributed to some of her series. Oh, 24 books. There's 24. Right. Uh, I've read I've read about 10 of I've read about half. I okay. would say it's still like 
it's easy. Uh, there's some, there's some, and it's wearing on me a little bit because the good thing yeah. is, is that it's eccentric. It's fun. It's ridiculous. There's some witty lines. The action is moving. She's also kind of bad at her job. Her car's always getting blown up. Like, oh my there's God, a that's tons hilarious. of, ex- of, of, um, explosions. There's a couple, uh, pretty gross, uh, like st- grossly, uh, I guess racist depictions of some of the characters, side characters. Sure, of course. Uh, Why wouldn't there be? Which Why wouldn't you there know, be some horrible racism written? Yeah. They, she's, and I'm sure there's this whole weird thing about white supremacism where <sighs> you're like, no, I thought I was being funny. And you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. we weren't. Nobody was being funny. And I feel uh, like the volume on that is going up in the books. But, yeah. uh, but oh, first, really? Yeah. The, the first okay. one especially was like, oh, my goodness, this is such a fun adventure. And then I actually even thought, why hasn't anyone translated this into a movie? Yeah. And it turns out they did. And it was a flop. And it was many years ago. But, of course, I was like, I got to watch this. And it was terrible. Right. I could barely watch it, which was so too bad because I had a totally different picture of it in my head. And it was yeah. starring uh, Catherine Hagel. Oh, I love Catherine Hagel. Kind yes. Of. So yeah. it She's had a, a p- she, potential, but. You know, <clears throat> there is, uh, there's a, a woman who I did a, an episode with her, the Dork Forest, who writes their, their kind of young adult. Um, they're set in a world with vampires and werewolves and stuff, but it's, they, you know, they're kind of, kind of a comedy of errors and their mysteries and steampunk werewolf mm-hmm. nonsense Ooh. and it's awesome her name is gail carriger and uh and it's it's uh gail care and it's and it's spelled gail carriger but she goes with a hard g on the second uh g <laughs> okay. so uh so but they're the paracel it's like the the paracel protectorate i think is what it's called and hilarious it's full of like bustles and steampunk and typewriters and dirigibles and uh and the and the vampires are all super cool and the werewolves are all super kind of dumb but with hearts of gold <laughs> and that's exactly how i would do it yeah yeah that's it i mean they're like yeah dogs they're kind of like dogs, yeah, they're dogs like, hey. are, yeah, yeah, they are literally like dogs where you're just like no i, I can help you no i i just gotta i'll be right back i gotta go run real fast and <laughs> they gotta run around <laughs> <laughs> that's so, awesome you know what you might like if you if you like any kind of my favorite series right now the in the reread world yeah lois mcmaster bujold <laughs> she is a minneapolis author science oh. fiction she won a hugo and a nebula for the first three and she does a sort of a gender sexuality thing that i've made andy listen to uh probably nine of them now and he's like, I'm a little uneasy in how she uses the word, this gender word. And I was like, Uh-oh. get over it. She, her heart's in the right place. Okay. And uh, she didn't know that it was going to be a they, them world, Andy. And uh, so there was no way to know. But Lois McMaster Bujold wrote, and it's too bad about the, um, the, uh, the fact that, so the first novella, they're, they're, they're short novels, right? It's called, I think, uh, Shards of Honor is the first one, and Barry R. And they are grouped together in something called Cordelia's Honor. And here's the thing about the words Cordelia's Honor with 
the cover that is on it. It looks like a romance novel. Yeah. It looks dumb. Yeah. And it isn't. So, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. (laughs) Yeah. And what I do almost always. Yeah. I'm just like, everybody does. That's, that's why. Yeah. This looks good. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do this one. Yeah, anyway, that's why so. I spent like nine different passes at a uh, album cover that's going to take place in a one inch by one inch square. It's like <laughs> exactly. So uh, yes. By the way, talking to Ophira Eisenberg, and it's Ophira O P H I R A E uh, on everywhere, and just uh, yeah, you you get it uh, on everywhere. Okay. Not everywhere. So, and it'll be in the notes. So I yeah. also, I like these, you know, I, I feel like with the Kinky Friedman and the Lawrence Block and even this this Stephanie Blum series, uh, the Janet Ivanovich, is that I, I like the fact, it's so funny that you just said this writer you like is, did you say, you said Minneapolis, right? Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I live in New York, so I kind of love this, like, unrealistic, but yet I still recognize the places that they're talking about mm-hmm. settings. Yeah. And I don't know Trenton, New Jersey, but it's close enough that they talk about new work. Like, I love stuff in a setting, too, that I'm a little bit familiar with. I, I had no idea I would be that person. It does. Right, right. It's so weird that that's, that that's the jam, right? So, yeah. um but it is it is interesting because she doesn't set any of them anywhere near Minneapolis. Okay, Lois McMaster Bujold, because they're all space. Though it is <laughs> I was interesting say. <laughs> that because it literally is space opera. It is like there's big like there's big space battles. There's big hand to hand combat. There is love interest. There's philosophy and, and political intrigue. But it's all you know. Like some people love. Like I love Dune. I just yeah. reread Dune. Dune is written by Frank Herbert, and Dune has this intensity to it that wants to be it wants to be the uh, the Politburo in nineteen sixty seven. Right? That's what Dune wants to wants it to be. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to read the minutes of the Politburo. From 1967. <laughs> I would like you to have sort of an overview of the political situation and then put it in terms of, oh, and this, and this, you know, you can make fun of me and just say, oh, well, it's a girl. And, but uh, the thing is, is I, because it's not that I don't enjoy Dune. It's just that it's not something I would ever read to stop the voices in my head. Right. You know? That is such a great way of putting it. What do you read to stop the voices in your head? Right. And sometimes when I really have to like take in information on a certain level, like I used to really like historical fiction uh, because I felt like I got a little, a little bit of everything, but then I just found that that wasn't, that wasn't working to do this express need to uh, basically itch this, scratch this itch, which is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Take me to yeah. a world where we're just uh, eating donuts, solving crimes, and burgling people's houses. And, you know, you're going right, to... Right, right. I mean, right. I love... Uh, there, there, I remember in the Lawrence Block, whatever, when I was reading of that series, there was like three pages on just how the different locks were being picked. And to me, that was poetry. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> And it was super fun. And you were like, yeah, I need more, not like sort of, it was, and if it's well written, if it's lightly written, you know, and you're just like, no, that's exactly 
what yes. I want. I and do. So, I do think there is an art, and maybe it is not. Um, highlighted enough because as I said at the beginning of this, I was like, oh, is it a guilty pleasure? And you you were very nice to be like, what, you know, what is a guilty pleasure? I said, oh, it's pedestrian. You go, well, come on, maybe it's all the rest of the people are being pedestrian. But maybe it's also that we de, like, I just think that I should be reading things that are highly intelligent and that have non-closure and are basically <laughs> not following like the kind of narrative arcs that we uh, learn about in grade school. Great. I'm not going to read Cormac <laughs> McCarthy. It's never happening i'm sure it's poetry but there's just like there's it's this and and some people love it you know like um foster wallace what's his name oh yeah um, david foster wallace sure david uh, i always like george wallace no george foster <laughs> and, uh, so, but david foster wallace is for me not the thing to you know i'm just like i know that he's snarky i know that he is you know, that, that, that it's, that it's intelligent, but it is depressing, Yeah. you know? And when I read fiction, when I watch fiction, I need the hero to kind of win. I need it to, to, and there's, pl I know it's like reality television. Some people love it because it does something for them. Right. Yes. But for me, I already know people that are making terrible life choices. <laughs> I oh can't. my goodness. I, I mean, I am with you on that one. I will say, though, I guess it's reality television. I like I liked Project Runway. I like I can watch some HGTV. You like crafty? You like crafty I, I, stuff? I like watching people do things. Okay. And I like seeing that they're good at it. I li you know, I like I find the baking show. Of course, I like the baking show. Are you kidding me? That's right, like right, the baking right show up. is great. Come on, there's there's also a, a glass blowing show that's very nice. There's, glass blowing. Uh, and, Come on, yeah, the oh. Great British Glass Blow Off or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but it's also on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> there's an antiques road show kind of thing sure. called the Repair Shop on okay. Netflix, where they where they take an antique, they bring it to this this guy with a Cockney accent, and he's got a team, and they fix your chair, or your doll, or your clock, and they um, and then they give it back to you, voila, and yeah. it's heart heartwarming is all fuck. So, love yeah, it. Yeah, so I like watching people that are doing things well. I feel mm -hmm. that, like, really interesting. I don't like the side of it, and that's why the British Baking Show, we all know that we like that this for the same reason. It doesn't have that, like, grossly, uh, like, completely ridiculous competitive aspect where people are willing to make asses of themselves because they know it will give them more film, more camera right. time. Right, More. right. There's, there's no one going. Well, what do you think about this? How about if you lose? What about if you lose? What if you lose? Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so and I just giving I, people heart attacks. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember watching um, a version of Top Chef in Canada uh, a few years ago. I was in Canada seeing some family, and I was watching. I was like, oh, they have Top Chef Canada. Of course, they have Top Chef Canada. And there was, there was the first episode of the series, and there was one character, one person. I'm calling them a character because I think they all are characters. Who <laughs> right was immediately snarky and talking about how he was better than everybody and dissing this person and putting down that person and just being so over the top. And, of course, from my now versed in watching American reality television, I, I looked at them and I go, well, that's, that's the guy who's the star of the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's and, what they want. That's what they want. And he wasn't very good. And they all tasted everyone's creation at the end of it. And he did not score well. And he was cut. 
Like, and I was like, oh my God, Canadian television doesn't understand reality. <laughs> doesn't understand ratings. That <laughs> guy, like, you keep that jackass. <laughs> that's, that's your guy. Now you yeah. just got these well-meaning people. You're sunk. <laughs> You're sunk. <laughs> so, okay. So mystery, do you, have you tried any, um, uh, any romance novels? So straight I, up. I, I haven't tried romance novels. It's so funny because I know so many people that mm-hmm. I really respect and love who I think who talk about them and say that, you know, there's great ones that I would enjoy. But I, I, as long as I need action, I need action. Yeah. Well, here's well, and the and the crazy thing is, is the, the best way I've ever heard it defined was um, I read a nonfiction book about about romance novels when I was trying to write a, a satire of a romance novel. Yeah. And um and the way she put it, I forget what it's called. It was like bosoms and it was like, it was literally like some sort of shit name to go. Yeah. And she went to Wellesley or she went to somewhere, some fancy East Coast college. And she, she comes home and her mom's like, what are you, uh, have you decided what you're going to study? And she goes, yeah, I'm going to do uh, women's studies and women literature. And she goes, oh, are you going to read any romance novels? And, and, uh, she goes, she says to her mom, you mean those Fabio books? <laughs> and her mom said, you mean books written by women for women about women? You don't want to read any of those. <laughs> That's not your street, but, but yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. So- All right. And, her, and so she said to her mom, fine, give me a syllabus. And her mom gave her a syllabus and she now writes romance novels. And, um, there is, there's a woman who writes, and this, I am sorry, her name is Sherry Thomas, and I love her mystery novels. Yeah. Her romance novels are not great for me. Okay. Other people like them. Her mystery novels are epic. There, It is called, it's a it's a Sherlock Holmes, a Lady Sherlock Holmes. I'm in. I'm 100%. You are in. Oh, the, we you. just, we cracked the code. We might have cracked a code here, because here's the thing. The, the fifth one just came out. Okay, I and, love this. Uh, that means there's more in my future. It's, yeah, li- it's right? dynamic and living. And um, it is Sherry Thomas. And it is, what the hell? Let me, okay, the Lady Sherlock series. It's out by Penguin. The first one is uh, is called, and the thing is, is they're sort of, uh, they're, the first one is, is sort of a, uh, you know how whenever anybody does their own Sherlock Holmes series, they go back to Sherlock Holmes and just try to recreate the one of the stories. One of and this one did not do it. It's called a study in Scarlet Women. Is the first uh, one oh, yeah. study in okay. Scarlet Women, and I it's love set that Vic- title. And it is about essentially an autistic woman who is Sherlock is Charlotte Holmes, and she does not. She's like. I, she's, she's sort of, uh, she's gentry, right? So she's not a fancy lady, but her family is poor. Her, um, and she's like, I, and she is, uh, eidetic. She has like an eidetic memory and she has all the Sherlock Holmes things in Victorian England. Guess how that works out? And she's like, I can't, uh, I can't get married. I don't want to, it's not good. And so she makes a deal with her shitbag father that, uh, she will try. But if it doesn't work, he will give her her dowry, essentially, to go to school so that she can get a respectable job um, as, like, a headmistress or something. And, right. um, yeah. 
And so it it it's like it's such and it happens in the beginning, so I don't think it's a spoiler thing where she's just like he reneges on it. <laughs> so she um decides that the only way that she can get out of him just marrying her off is if she loses her virginity <gasps> to a married guy. So she, he can't make the the person marry her. So she picks just some dude that she knows and gets laid and gets caught. But she wasn't, she didn't mean to get caught. She meant to use it as blackmail, but she got caught. So she gets banished and then things happen and she becomes Sherlock Holmes. I love this. She is, this, it's my favorite. I'm reading the, the sixth one just came out. The first one's amazing. The third one's amazing. The fifth one's great. This one is amazing. So two. So I think two and four were just good. Right. Fine. I mean, I mean, I would if someone yeah. said that about watching my act, I would be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking with Ophira Eisenberg, and uh, I have to tell you, this is just—it's been a freaking delight. Oh my god! Um, I didn't know that I was going to get so much um, help. I know that. Oh my. It's you. I, I read almost anything and a lot of it is only to stop the voices. Yeah. So. Oh my goodness. I got to get this should, Lawrence Block thing for sure. Yeah, We should uh, in a different life or maybe this one, we should uh, open up a bookstore and redo the categories of books based on this kind of stuff, which right, is. The emotions that you wish to feel when you read it. Right. Exactly. My, my, my 95 year old. Uh great aunt loves cowboy romance novels. And so when I buy when I go to a Barnes and Noble and I buy, I'm like, what are the new cowboy romance novels? And I try to get her. I don't, uh, she's 95. Yeah. So I try to, and she likes modern romance novels. So I try to find one where, you know, it's essentially, you know, it's, it's a Hallmark Christmas movie, essentially like some, some woman who's a CEO has come back to her hometown in Montana and, and the sheriff is an old flame <laughs> and she's got to, you know, deal with her father's, you know, ranch. Affairs or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. And she's like, she's like, I just need to sell this ranch and get back to my life and upper the west side of Manhattan. And she ends up, you know, falling in love with the sheriff and getting laid and they end up, and she's like, you know, what? I'm going to stay here. And, yep. uh, what I like about, um, I think I did a Jen Kirkman Hallmark Christmas movie one where she was like, my favorite thing is that they don't stay. They always go back to New York because she has the good job. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Someone's got to pay these taxes. Exactly. <laughs> this is a, well, we'll keep, we'll, we'll keep it as the second house. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to hop off. But listen. Yeah. Okay. This I'm going to read amazing. all of these things. I'm going to read right. all these things. And everybody, look forward to Ophira Eisenberg's new album coming out on 800 Pound Gorilla. Uh, listen to mine. Feel free to buy the download when that happens. I think you it's today it. that it's available for do- for buying. And then uh, and then just a month ago, when this comes out, uh, Lori Kilmartin's album came out on 800 Pound Gorilla. We are so, so lucky. We are super lucky. Uh, thanks for being on the show. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God.
Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?